great to have great weather, but you know what? I'd rather be worshiping in-house with you guys, you know? So, fathers, I want to say thank you for showing up. Thank you for showing up today, but thank you for showing up. Because, you know, dads, I don't know if you notice, but your decision can affect generations. The decision that you made to be here today or to be watching online or to take that step in faith, that can change generations. It can break generational curses. It can bring a generation closer to God than it was before your time. So thank you. Thank you for showing up, not just today, but thank you for showing up in your relationship with the Lord. And I hope that you're encouraged through this series that we are stepping into. Pastor Adam just started it last week. He did a great job um, opening this message and starting to explain why the names of God are so important. I don't know about you, but I go through life sometimes and uh, situations come up like, well, like this past week. How many had situations come up this past week? <laughs> Lord knows. Where I had to say, Lord, you are the Lord most high. You are bigger than this. And Pastor Adam brought us into El Roy and uh, uh, El Roy, El Roy the God that sees, that spoke to me this past week. I had to call out on him this past week. So this is, this is why it's important to know the names of God. And so knowing his name, it's interesting in the Bible because there are many different facets to who God is. His character, who he is, how he responds, his love, his generosity, all of those are more than just one name that we can give him or that he gives us. So today, it's interesting because we're going to start with the first name that he gave us. There's a lot of firsts that we come across. Some of the greatest first lines of some of the books, maybe you guys know, know some of these. I, I didn't know this first one, but to be honest with you, but it's been some time since I've been in school. How many know this book? It says, you don't know about me without you having read a book by the name of Adventures of Tom Sawyer. But that ain't no matter. That's right. It was the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. How about this one? This one's a little bit easier. Call me Ishmael. Moby Dick, that's right. How about this one? It was the best of times and it was the worst of times. The tale of two cities. How about this one? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1.1. The first name that God gives us for who he is. El Rohim is that name. the all-powerful creator. There's so much packed into this, the first couple words of this passage. I want to encourage you, not just with this passage, but with 
other passages. Perhaps uh, in your, your study time, in your prayer time, you don't exactly know what to pray or how you're going to press in that particular day. And I want to encourage you, open up a scripture. It's great to do it, especially in Psalms. But take it word for word and just say that word and wait. What does that word mean? What is it saying? And what is it saying to you? So this passage here, we're going to do the same thing with. In the beginning, in the beginning. You see, because if you were there at the beginning and you created the beginning, you had to have been there before the beginning, right? Right? And so you recognize how big God is and that you try to wrap your mind around how God, how big God is. And once you're there, he's bigger. So you think, man, he was there at the beginning of, he was there before the beginning of time. So God is so transcendent. Transcendent means um, it's bigger than what we are thinking, what we are uh, able to grasp. He's bigger than that. He is, he is omnipotent. He controls all things. He put things into place in the beginning. Romans 1.3 says, The sun is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand, the right hand of the majesty in heaven. You see, when Jesus, when God, when Elroy, El, what is it? Elohim, thank you. When Elohim spoke, he created. He didn't have to work, he just thought and spoke it, right? And so it's by his power, it's by his word that he spoke that and he sustains that. But what's amazing is that when all of this broke down in this verse in Hebrews, it talks about not just sustaining all things, but when we break things, he's there to correct it. He's got a plan. He's got a plan for you. And he's able to make a way because of that relationship that he wants with us. It is so much bigger than what we think, how we can grasp Grasp things. So he is omniscient, which means he has the, he has the authority to declare what is true. So he put these things into, into place. He's the one that says what is. He's the one that put into place gravity. He's the one that put the planets in form. He's the one that spoke it and it happened. And it continues to happen. They say in the world, when uh, they say the universe continues to expand. It's continuing to expand. It's amazing to think what his word, what his word 
does. He's omnipresent. He's omnipresent. Jeremiah 23, 24 says, can anyone hide in secret places so that I cannot see him? Declares the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. He is in every time and place. Try to grasp that for a second. If you are going there in time, he's there to meet you. He is not bound by our thought. He is not bound by our perception, our distance. He is greater than that. He is bigger than that. It is so amazing to think of the different dimension that he works in. You have, so put it this way, you know when you go buy a television, you know, you have 2D, two definition. You have 3D, where have you, how many have been to the movies where you put on those goggles and it seems to be in a different dimension? What kind of dimension does the Lord work in? Something you, we can't even fathom because we try to put it in our finite thinking. We've tried to put it in space. We try to put it in time. We try to put it in distance. But he's greater. He's greater. That should encourage us today, knowing that our faith is in something that created something out of nothing. When we face situations, when you are facing difficulty, when we are in those times, what we don't have the answers, we don't think that there is a possibility, the one that created something out of nothing. El-Rohim, he is the one, all-powerful, all-powerful creator. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. El-Rohim, that word El is all. That word El is supreme, the one true, big. El-Rohim. What's interesting is El is all, Him is plural. So God created, but understand what he did here when he calls himself El-Rohim. El-Rohim, like um, the end of of a word like cherub, okay? There's cherub, there's seraph, right? But when there's multiple, there's... Cherubim, right? Seraphim. He calls himself Elohim. So there's more. What he's getting at is he's not just one God, but there's a relationship there where there's more than just God the Father. So we have to understand that he talks in plural from the beginning. So we need to understand that Jesus was there in the beginning. The Holy Spirit was there at the beginning. There was three in one. He is Elohim. Elohim. There's more than one. It, it, It was the plural. He said it in the plural form. It's 
even more obvious in uh, Genesis 1.26 when he creates, especially when he creates man, he said, then God said, let us create mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. That was God's plan. You see, God, Elohim, was plural. And that plural had relationship with the others. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Although they were one, they still had relationship. But what is so amazing is that God wanted a relationship with a creation. And so he created man. And he said they, they created man in their image to have relationship with him. The, the word when it, uh, man, comes from Elohim, which is little e, right? Little Elohims. We are to reflect the image of God. He created us in his image, so we should reflect his image. His image. So Elohim has um, the capacity... And he, want, he wanted to have relationships, so he created man in his own image. Now, what's interesting, when sin entered the world, that relationship was broken. If you look in, later on in Genesis, when Adam and Eve started having kids, it said they created man in their image. So we have the form we, have, we are created in God's image, but that relationship is now broken, and he had to create a way for us to have right relationship with him. So that's why he came, he sacrificed to take our punishment to bring us back into that right relationship with him that he wanted from the beginning. That's what he calls you into. How are we going to respond to Elohim today? So... He was plural. He had, he has a distinct personality, but yet he's intensely personal too. He calls us into relationship with him. Elohim was there, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Elohim, he is the creator. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's been so fun. I'm, I can get in nerdy a little bit. It was so fun preparing for this because I got to step into uh, looking at how God created and what he created. And when you go outside at night, it's one thing I like about Waterloo that's different than Fort Wayne or growing up in Detroit. When you go outside, you see a couple stars. I don't know if you've noticed that but I'm noticing more. And the stunning breadth, when you think about, and 
I think we take it for granted sometimes. I don't know if you guys have ever been out to like Colorado or been up to the, to the mountains or um, I, could, I was on a missions trip to Africa and I can remember seeing Mount Kilimanjaro and being like, that is amazing. It was way, way far away. But to think how amazing that was. But all the people there took it for granted, you know? And I think that's the way we are sometimes when we step out and we may see God's creation, whether it be here or up above, and we say, oh yeah, it's just there. Think about what's behind that for a second. The breadth of what you are able to see and then the knowledge and understanding, the small amount of knowledge and understanding that we have of what's beyond that. So let's go to this first photo here. This first photo here is, um, is taken from the Hubble telescope. And it's a picture of, of the universe as far out as we can see. Okay? So billions of stars. Billions of stars. Okay, in our galaxy alone, there are billions of stars. And beyond our galaxy, they say that there are billions, billions of galaxies beyond our galaxy with billions of stars. Yes. <laughs> it says that he spoke that with his breath. By the words of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry hosts by the breath of his mouth, it says in Psalms 33. See, here in the great expanse, uh, trying to measure with a, um, a ruler or trying to measure with a mile or a kilometer, whatever you, depending on what country you're in, it's not going to do much good. They actually do it by light year. They measure by light years. Light years is how you can travel in one second, the amount of miles you can travel in one second is a light year. And that light year is 860,000 miles in one second. 860,000 miles in one second. That's a light year. Okay? So in a light year, in, in one year, if you're going to travel 860,000 miles in one second, in one year, you're going to travel 5.88 trillion miles in one year. Okay? That's pretty big. See, we live in the Milky Way galaxy. Our Milky Way is, has billions of stars. They say our Milky Way galaxy is about 100,000 light years across. I, I, you, we can barely grasp how long, how wide, 
how big that is and recognize that there's billions of other galaxies. So let's, uh, let's zoom in just a little bit. This is um, a little bit more. Uh, can we go to the next one? Okay, so this is zoomed in just a little bit more of the Milky Way galaxy and its stars. Start counting those. <laughs> right? If we start counting those. If we count every star, count every star in the Milky Way galaxy, one every second, it would take 2,500 or 25,000 rather, 25,000 years to count all the stars in the Milky Way galaxy. That's counting one per second. That is a lot of stars. It says in Isaiah 20, to whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens who created all these. He who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls forth each one by name. Not one is missing. There are some amazing things in this universe besides just earth. One of these things is what they call the sombrero. The sombrero, now get it, this is a smaller galaxy. The sombrero is a smaller galaxy. It's about 50 light years across. But don't worry, it's, only, it's about 30 million light years from Earth. So our galaxy is huge. And our small solar system is within this larger galaxy. One of the other galaxies that they've been able to see is Mesner 101. This is the next photo here. That's the sombrero. That's Mesner. That's an actual galaxy. This galaxy is about twice the size of our galaxy, but because no one has really ever been outside of our galaxy, they have to observe what other galaxies look like to get an idea of what our galaxy actually functions, looks like, and um, functions like. So this is one of those that, that they've modeled, uh, modeled ours after. So when we say, what does our solar system look like? How does it function? Where are we? If we were to pull back a little bit more and go to the next photo and go back to kind of what the, uh, what the universe looks like, if we zoom in on one little area of that, this is what it would look like. That's us. That's us. That's not our solar system. That is our galaxy. That is the galaxy we live in. Okay? The next one is what their model of what they, what they think that the... Um, our, soul, our, our galaxy looks like, okay? So looking at this galaxy, the Milky Way, 
you would think that we would be at the center of the galaxy, right? You don't want to be at the center of the galaxy. It's pretty hot there, okay? So we're, we're a little bit more on the edge, and that's where our solar system is. That's where our solar system is, in that one little area of our galaxy. Now, when Apollo 8 was on a mission to the moon, Jim Lovell was able to see the earth and sent back this picture. Can you imagine seeing that for the first time? Maybe you were alive when you first, when you first saw this when it was being actually sent to earth. It says that Jim Lovell, when he was on uh, Apollo 8, that he put up his thumb and he put it over the earth and he blotted out the earth. And you would think that Jim Lovell would be like, I felt like the greatest, biggest guy in the world that I could cover the earth with my thumb. But it was the opposite. He talked about how small he felt and what a responsibility we have to the creator of the universe. It's pretty amazing to see, to hear how they, how they quoted scripture on Christmas Eve when they were looking at the earth and how when they were transmitting that to the earth, they were reading scripture. It's amazing the things that we have sent up there to be able to see what God has created. I'm hoping that we can recognize for a second just how small we are compared to how great the creation is, let alone the God that created it. I just have a few more pictures here. In uh, Voyager was launched in 1977, and it was, it's traveling. It continues to travel to this day. They don't know exactly where it's at right now. But before it left the galaxy, they asked it to turn around and take a series of pictures so they would be able to see the earth, the, the gal- the, yes, the galaxy with the earth in it. It's crazy the amount of um, time that it took to bring these pictures back to earth. But when they came back to earth, this is what it looked like. This is the picture that, they, that it sent. That would be like one of the ones you would delete from your phone. Like, like, my son was playing with my phone again, <laughs> you know, <laughs> delete. But this is, it's called the pale blue dot. This is the picture. And those rays that you see is the light of the sun reflecting off of Voyager itself. But if you can see a pale blue dot just, just by happenstance, this picture captured this pale blue dot. Let's zoom in and see. Can you see the pale blue dot there? That's actually Earth. That's actually Earth from the edge of our universe. 
I'm convinced it's white because my kids leave their lights on in their room all the time. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's why we can see it from space. They don't believe me. But Psalm 8 says, Then I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars which you have ordained. What is man that you are mindful? The son of man that you visit him. Psalm, Psalm 40, we read the first few verses earlier. To whom, to whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings the starry host one, he who brings out the starry host one by one and calls each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Verse 28 says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding No one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and he increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow weary, tired, even youths grow tired and weary and young young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary and walk and not faint. Fathom that the, can we go back to the picture of the universe? Picture one. Can we understand, just try to fathom that the God of the universe that calls, knows each one of those stars by name, knows each person in this room by name. He knows your name. He knows your name. Each one here we could go through, he knows you. The God of the universe that created all of this wants to partner with you. The difficulties that we face, he's bigger. Understanding that this life that we have, he wants relationship with you. He wants to bring us back into right relationship with you. He created all of this, but he wants relationship with you. That's the God that's calling us into relationship with him. Elohim, the all-powerful creator, reaches out to you to bring you into relationship, but also to keep you in relationship. Maybe you're recognizing, man, this God of the universe, he's, there's something about this and God wants that relationship with me. He can have that relationship. You can have that relationship with him. We want to help you in your relationship with the creator, with your creator. 
Maybe you're facing some difficult times. Maybe there are situations you're in where you're like, there is no solution here. The all-powerful creator. Come on. He's bigger. Yes. I hope that you have seen today how big he is and how he's here to have that relationship with you. Elohim, the all-powerful creator. Will you stand with me today? I'll ask the worship team to come back up. And You've tried to work things out on your own, perhaps. Maybe you've searched this world and you've been like, man, <laughs> this just isn't, it isn't all that it's cracked up to be. God calls us into relationship with him. Yes. Will you sing this as your prayer this morning? As we step into this, let this be your prayer today.